Section twenty five of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume One by James Boswell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The motto to the dictionary, Anno Domini seventeen fifty. We may, with the utmost propriety, apply to his learned style that passage of Horace, a part of which he has taken as the motto to his dictionary. Footnote: The first nine lines form the motto. End footnote. Cum tabulus animum censorus sumat honesti adebit, quacumque parum splendoris habebunt, et sine pondere erunt, et honore indigna ferentur, verbo muvere loco, quam bis in vita recedant, et presenta ad hoc intrapenetralia vestae. Obscurata du popolo bonus eruit, atque proferit in lucem speciosa vocabula rerum, quae priscis memorato cartonibus, atque ketegis, nunc citis informis premit et desera vetustas. Ad scisit nova, quae genito produxeret usus. Dea menset liquidus proque simbinimus amni fundet opes, lesumque beabit, Divite lingua. Footnote Horace, Epistles, Book Two, Epistle Two, Lines One to Ten. Boswell. But how severely with themselves proceed the men who write such verses we can read? Their own strict judges, not a word they spare that wants or force or light or weight or care. However unwillingly it quits its place, nay, though at court perhaps it may find grace. Such they'll degrade, and sometimes in its stead, in downright charity, revive the dead. Mark where a bold expressive phrase appears bright through the rubbish of some hundred years. Command old words that long have slept to wake. Words that wise bacon or brave Raleigh spake, or bid the new be English ages hence, for use will father what's begot by sense. Pour the full tide of eloquence along, serenely pure, and yet divinely strong, rich with the treasures of each foreign tongue. Pope Imitations of Horace, Book 2, Epistle 2, 157, end of footnote. Johnson, not a coiner of words, Aitart 41. To so great a master of thinking, to one of such vast and various knowledge as Johnson, might have been allowed a liberal indulgence of that license which Horace claims in another place. Si fortene que se est indicius mostrare recentibus abdita rerum fingere, quintutus non exaudita cetegis, contingit habituque licentia sumta pudentea, et nova ficta quenuper habebunt verba fidem si graeco fonte cadant, parque de torta. Quid autem cecilio platoque David Romanus, ad demptem vigilio varioque, 
ego cur acquirere paucus possum in video cum lingua catonis et enni semonum patrium ditaverit et novarerum nomina protulerit liquid semperque licebit signatum presente nota producere nomen footnote horace diari poetica one line forty eight boswell and a footnote yet johnson assured me that he had not taken upon him to add more than four or five words to the english language of his own formation footnote see boswell's hebrides august the twenty ninth seventeen seventy three where boswell says that up to that date he had twice heard johnson coin words peregrinity and depeditation End of footnote and he was very much offended at the general license by no means modestly taken in his time not only to coin new words but to use many words in senses quite different from their established meaning and those frequently very fantastical footnote the words which our authors have introduced by their knowledge of foreign languages or ignorance of their own by vanity or wantonness by compliance with fashion or lust of innovation i have registered as they occurred though commonly only to censure them and to warn others against the folly of naturalizing useless foreigners to the injury of the natives our language for almost a century has by the concurrence of many causes been gradually departing from its original teutonic character and deviating towards a gallic structure and phraseology from which it ought to be our endeavour to recall it by making our ancient volumes the groundwork of style from the authors which rose in the time of elizabeth the speech might be formed adequate to all the purposes of use and elegance johnson's works volume five pages thirty one thirty nine see post may the twelfth seventeen seventy eight end of footnote johnson's influence on style anno domini seventeen fifty sir thomas brown footnote if johnson sometimes indulged his brownism see post beginning of seventeen fifty six yet he saw much dissenture in brown's style his style is indeed a tissue of many languages a mixture of heterogeneous words brought together from distant regions with terms originally appropriated to one art and drawn by violence into the service of another he must however be confessed to have augmented our philosophical diction his innovations are sometimes pleasing and his temerities happy johnson's works volume six page five hundred it is remarkable that the pomp of diction which has been objected to johnson was first assumed in the rambler his dictionary was going on at the same time and in the course of that work as he grew familiar with technical and scholastic words he thought that the bulk of his readers were equally learned or at least would admire the splendour and dignity of the style murphy's johnson page one five six the observation of his having imitated sir thomas brown has been made by many people 
and lately it has been insisted on and illustrated by a variety of quotations from Browne in one of the popular essays written by the Reverend Mr. Knox. The essay is number 22 of Winter Evenings, Knox's Works, Volume 2, page 397, Master of Tunbridge School, whom I have set down in my list of those who have sometimes not unsuccessfully imitated Dr. Johnson's style. Post under December the 6th, 1784, Boswell. End of footnote. Sir Thomas Brown, whose life Johnson wrote, was remarkably fond of Anglo-Latin diction, and to his example we are to ascribe Johnson sometime indulging himself in this kind of phraseology. Johnson's comprehension of mind was the mould for his language. Had his conceptions been narrower, his expression would have been easier. His sentences have a dignified march, and it is certain that his example has given a general elevation to the language of his country, for many of our best writers have approached very near to him, and from the influence which he has had upon our composition, scarcely anything is written now that is not better expressed than was usual before he appeared to lead the national taste. Courtney's Lines on Johnson's School, Itart 41 this circumstance, the truth of which must strike every critical reader, has been so happily enforced by Mr. Courtney in his moral and literary character of Dr. Johnson, that I cannot prevail on myself to withhold it, notwithstanding his perhaps too great partiality for one of his friends. By nature's gifts ordained mankind to rule, he, like a Titian, formed his brilliant school and taught congenial spirits to excel while from his lips impressive wisdom fell our boasted goldsmith felt the sovereign sway from him derived the sweet yet nervous lay to fame's proud cliff he bade our raphael rise hence reynolds pen with reynolds pencil buys with Johnson's flame, melodious Burney glows, while the grand strain in smoother cadence flows. And you, Malone, to critic learning, dear, correct and elegant, refined though clear, by studying him acquired that classic taste which high in Shakespeare's fame thy statue placed. Near Johnson Stevens stands on scenic ground, acute, laborious, fertile, and profound. Ingenious Hawksworth to this school we owe, and scarce the pupil from the tutor know. Here early parts accomplish Jones sublimes, and science blends with Asia's lofty rhymes. Harmonious Jones, who in this splendid strain sings Camdeo sports on Agra's flowery plains in Hindu fictions, while we fondly trace love and the muses decked with Attic grace. Amid these names can Boswell be forgot, scarce by North Britons now esteemed a Scot. Good note. 
the following observation in mr boswell's journal of a tour to the hebrides page nine may sufficiently account for that gentleman's being now scarcely esteemed a scot by many of his countrymen if he dr johnson was particularly prejudiced against the scots it was because they were more in his way because he thought their success in england rather exceeded the due proportion of their real merit and because he could not but see in them that nationality which i believe no liberal-minded scotchman will deny mr boswell indeed is so free from national prejudices that he might with equal propriety have been described as scarce by south britons now esteemed a scot courtney boswell End of footnote. who to the sage devoted from his youth imbibed from him the sacred love of truth the keen research the exercise of mind and that best art the art to know mankind nor was his energy confined alone to friends around his philosophic throne its influence wide improved our lettered isle and lucid vigour marked the general style as nile's proud waves swollen from their oozy bed first o'er the neighbouring meads majestic spread till gathering force they more and more expand and with new virtue fertilize the land johnson's language however must be allowed to be too masculine for the delicate gentleness of female writing his ladies therefore seem strangely formal even to ridicule and are well denominated by the names which he has given them as Mizella, zosima Properantia Rhodoclea. Footnote. Malone says that Beretta used sometimes to walk with Johnson through the streets at night and occasionally entered into conversation with the unfortunate women who frequent them for the sake of hearing their stories. It was from a history of one of these which a girl told under a tree in the King's Bench Walk in the Temple to Beretta and Johnson that he formed the story of Mazella in the Rambler, numbers 170 and 171, Priors Malone, page 161. Of one, in square brackets of these women, who was very handsome, he asked, for what she thought God had given her so much beauty. She answered, to please gentlemen. Hawkins's Johnson, page 321, see also post under December the 2nd, 1784, end of footnote. The Styles of Addison and Johnson, Anno Domini, 1750. It has of late been the fashion to compare the style of Addison and Johnson and to depreciate, I think very unjustly, the style of Addison as nerveless and feeble because it has not the strength and energy of that of Johnson. Footnote Hawkins, Life, page 270, had said that the characteristics of Addison's style are feebleness and inanity. He was thus happily ridiculed by Porson. 
soon after the publication of sir john's book a parcel of eton boys not having the fear of god before their eyes etc instead of playing truant robbing orchards annoying poultry or performing any other part of their school exercise fell foul in print see the microcosm number thirty six upon his worship's censure of addison's middling style but what can you expect as lord Keynes justly observes from a school where boys are taught to rob on the highway porson tracts page three three nine end of footnote their prose may be balanced like the poetry of dryden and pope both are excellent though in different ways addison writes with the ease of a gentleman his readers fancy that a wise and accomplished companion is talking to them so that he insinuates his sentiments and taste into their minds by an imperceptible influence johnson writes like a teacher he dictates to his readers as if from an academical chair they attend with awe and admiration and his precepts are impressed upon them by his commanding eloquence addison's style like a light wine pleases everybody from the first johnson's like a liquor of more body seems too strong at first but by degrees is highly relished and such is the melody of his period so much do they captivate the ear and seize upon the attention that there is scarcely any writer however inconsiderable who does not aim in some degree at the same species of excellence but let us not ungratefully undervalue that beautiful style which has pleasingly conveyed to us much instruction and entertainment though comparatively weak opposed to johnson's herculean vigour let us not call it positively feeble let us remember the character of his style as given by johnson himself footnote works volume seven page four seven three end of footnote what he attempted he performed he is never feeble and he did not wish to be energetic he is never rapid and he never stagnates his sentences have neither studied amplitude nor affected brevity his periods though not diligently rounded are voluble and easy Footnote when johnson showed me a proof-sheet of the character of addison in which he so highly extols his style i could not help observing that it had not been his own model as no two styles could differ more from each other sir addison had his style and i have mine when i ventured to ask him whether the difference did not consist in this that addison's style was full of idioms colloquial phrases and proverbs and his own more strictly grammatical and free from such phraseology and modes of speech as can never be literally translated or understood by foreigners he allowed the discrimination to be just let any one who doubts it try to translate one of addison's spectators into latin french or italian and though so easy familiar and elegant to an englishman as to give the intellect no trouble 
yet he would find the transfusion into another language extremely difficult if not impossible but a rambler adventurer or idler of johnson would fall into any classical or european language as easily as if it had been originally conceived in it burney mrs piozzi anecdotes page one two five recounts how johnson recommended addison's works as a model for imitation to mr woodhouse a poetical shoemaker give nights and days sir said he to the study of addison if you mean to be either a good writer or what is more worth an honest man when i saw something like the same expression in his criticism on that author i put him in mind of his past injunctions to the young poet to which he replied that he wished the shoemaker might have remembered them as well yet he says in his life of pope works volume eight page two eight four he that has once studiously formed a style rarely writes afterwards with complete ease End of footnote. whoever wishes to attain an english style familiar but not coarse and elegant but not ostentatious must give his days and nights to the volumes of addison footnote i shall probably in another work maintain the merit of addison's poetry which has been very unjustly depreciated boswell he proposed also to publish an edition of johnson's poems and hey, page sixteen an account of his own travels post april the seventeenth seventeen seventy eight a collection with notes of old tenures and charters of scotland post october the twenty seventh seventeen seventy nine and the history of james the fourth of scotland the patron as he said of my family boswell's hebrides august the twenty third seventeen seventy three and a footnote the last rambler anno domini seventeen fifty though the rambler was not concluded till the year seventeen fifty two i shall under this year say all that i have to observe upon it some of the translations of the mottoes by himself are admirably done he acknowledges to have received elegant translations of many of them from mr james elphinstone and some are very happily translated by mr f lewis Footnote. lewis thus happily translates the lines in martial Diligat illa senem quondam, sed eripsa marito tunquoque furit non videatur annus. Wrinkled with age, may mutual love and truth to their dim eyes recall the bloom of youth. Rambler number 167. Some of Johnson's own translations are happy as Quam juvat imites ventos audire cubantem aut gelidas hibernas aquas cum fureret oster securum somnos imbre juvante sequi how sweet in sleep to pass the careless hours lulled by the beating winds and dashing showers ibid number one hundred seventeen and a footnote mr f lewis of whom i never heard more except that johnson thus described him to mr malone 
so he lived in london and hung loose upon society the concluding paper of his rambler is at once dignified and pathetic i cannot however but wish that he had not ended it with an unnecessary verse translated also into an english couplet Agon ek makaron antaxios ii amoibe celestial powers that piety regard from you my labours wait their last reward a modification of the greek line is engraved on the scroll in johnson's monument in st paul's post december seventeen eighty four end of footnote it is too much like the conceit of those dramatic poets who used to conclude each act with a rhyme and the expression in the first line of his couplet celestial powers though proper in pagan poetry is ill suited to christianity with a conformity to which he consoles himself footnote. the essay is professedly serious if i have been able to execute my own intentions will be found exactly conformable to the precepts of Christianity. I therefore look back on this part of my work with pleasure which no blame or praise of man shall diminish or augment. Rambler, number 208, end of footnote. How much better would it have been to have ended with the prose sentence, I shall never envy the honours which wit and learning obtain in any other cause if I can be numbered among the writers who have given ardour to virtue and confidence to truth. Footnote. I have little doubt that this attack on the concluding verse is an indirect blow at Hawkins, who had quoted the whole passage and had clearly thought it the more awful on account of the couplet. See Hawkins's Johnson, page 291, end of footnote. His friend Dr. Birch, being now engaged in preparing an edition of Raleigh's smaller pieces, Dr. Johnson wrote the following letter to that gentleman. To Dr. Birch, Gough Square, May the 12th, 1750, sir. Knowing that you are now preparing to favour the public with a new edition of Raleigh's miscellaneous pieces, I have taken the liberty to send you a manuscript which fell by chance within my notice. I perceive no proofs of forgery in my examination of it, and the owner tells me that as he has heard, the handwriting is Sir Walter's. If you should find reason to conclude it genuine, it will be a kindness to the owner, a blind person. Footnote. Mrs. Williams is probably the person meant, Boswell, end of footnote, to recommend it to the booksellers. I am, sir, your most humble servant, Samuel Johnson. End of section 25